0: It's another edition of Jonesing for Football. It's the first edition of Jonesing for Football for 2021. Bill Jones along with Cody Winstead. And looky here. It's the 2021 Big Green NFL Draft Scouting Notebook. We are one month away from the NFL Draft, which starts on Thursday, April 29th. And here it is. Monday, March 29th, and oh, you have a smile on your face, young Cody, because this is your time of the year, right?
1: Well, my time of the year, but I also love seeing the big green scouting notebook. For me, this means every day we got to be studying our guys, studying our prospects, who's going where. Are you going to fill that whole notebook this year? Is that the going
0: Well, it's gonna, we're getting a little bit of a late start to fill the entire notebook, which has 200 pages. But here's the big thing on these notebooks, and I've been doing this, well, when I first started getting into the draft, and and I'm based in Dallas, Cody's in Philadelphia, but Cody used to be in Dallas, used to be a producer, a sports producer at CBS 11 in Dallas, that's where uh, I work at CBS 11, have for, well, since the mid now A long time, Bill Jones. <laughs> That's right. And also uh, host the Mike McCarthy show, previously the Jason Garrett show, previously the Bill Parcell show. <laughs> anyway, all right. So, but I go back to that 2005 draft. That's when I really started getting into. Uh, digging into prospects in the draft. And when I basically started my big green NFL draft scouting notebook, that was when the Cowboys drafted Demarcus Ware in the first round, Marcus Spears also in the first round. It was a really good draft for the Cowboys. And uh, just through the years, this is how, because I do a lot of TV uh, shows uh, at the Star in Frisco, previously at Valley Ranch and also at CBS 11, and I can't necessarily have quick access to an iPad or a laptop or whatever. I've done it the old school way with a notebook. So I just have this right here and I can just flip through it and find my guys that I need to talk about. And so, you know how I got the name big green is, is about the, t- I, I started calling it the big green notebook, making sure I got a green, a green notebook and it's a special notebook because it says five star on it. We are looking for five star prospects who are can't miss in the NFL, but I got a big green egg going back, oh, at least ten years ago, and and so I was hoping maybe maybe we can get a sponsorship, the big green egg NFL draft scouting notebook, but that hasn't materialized.
1: I like that, or just the five star notebook. What is that? A mead or something kind of notebook? <laughs> Whatever it is, we need to reach out to them and see if they'll sponsor our draft.
0: This show. is like uh, this is like going back to school, going to college, okay, and. I spend the spring semester typically studying my college prospects. I I spend so much time during the fall. I love college football, but I spend so much time in the fall immersed in the NFL. This is my time of the year to start learning all of the incoming prospects in the NFL. And so I kind of, in my own mind, it's like a class, okay? When you're going back in college, you would fill up an entire notebook, so to speak, um, uh, when you're studying biology or what, you know, history, whatever course you're taking, well, this is my spring course. And since, since I do Cowboys preseason games on television, uh, typically four games this year will be three games because they're going to trim it down, um, with a 17 game season, uh, I'm I'm spending my spring learning these guys on the 90 man rosters, and not only the Cowboys, but whoever they're playing in the preseason. And that way, once the once the preseason rolls around, I don't have to do as much research on these guys. I've already got it. And if and I've always found Cody, if I write something down, I commit it more to memory than uh, and you know.
1: So that's that's where I am on the notebook. There's a method to the madness. I always used uh-huh. to see when Bill Bill Jones used to come into CBS 11. You used to have that notebook in one hand and the big gulp in the other. Oh, that meant draft time was right <laughs> I, around the corner. I got
0: another notebook here. This is my NFL notebook. I've got every team in the NFL in this notebook. And I started tracking these guys, every team and all the transactions they do. And this is what I have throughout the entire season. So
1: Look at you, man, you yeah, you are old school. I see, I I'm a Google
0: school. Docs, uh Google Docs. That's where I yeah, am. Yeah, I love that too. Yep, you know. Back 20 years ago, we need to get into this, but 20 years ago when I did Ranger baseball games, I was ahead of the curve on people using laptops in a in a press box and would go to, you know, American League ballparks all over the country, and there was no such thing as Wi-Fi. Okay, it was all dial-up internet. Log in, and- yep. It, it plug in exactly, and it was so hard in some ballparks. They, Oakland, especially Oakland Alameda County Coliseum, whatever they're calling it now. I mean, it was the worst internet ex- service in the world, whatever. And so, but I w- my point is, I'm all for all the technology and everything, but this is how I commit something the memory is writing it down.
1: So, right. So 10, 15 years ago, you were ahead of the curve on laptops and computers. And now you're reverting yep. back to the old school eh? you're, the same yeah, old. That, you're just, yeah,
0: that's right. right. That's right. All right. Hey, how about we get into the storylines that we are uh, looking at uh, this year going into uh, this draft? Because there's, there's plenty of storylines. It's very interesting. Of course, we didn't have a combine this year, uh, but it is refreshing at these pro days seeing uh, so many NFL personnel out and about and uh, checking out all these prospects. And by the way, we should add that Cody here uh, has uh, works for the NFL network and the NFL network is on a daily basis, providing great uh, access for us to get into uh, seeing what these prospects are all about.
1: Yep. NFL network. I mean, it's, it's nice. It's like kind of the world is shifting back to where we were pre pandemic, right? It's like, um, like you said, players, coaches, um, at these pro days, and it's great. And NFL Network is covering these things every day. I mean, we're there, we're at Purdue, Penn State, uh, I know Minnesota's coming up, Ohio State's coming up, I'm sitting here I'm sitting here uh, watching a rerun
0: right now of the BYU pro day, and Zach Wilson, the quarterback.
1: That's right, Zach Wilson. They've done USD. I mean, we're doing like 60 some schools or 70 some schools. Um, and we're covering it all, so if you're into the draft, I highly suggest the NFL Network. Uh, but Bill Jones, let's start. Give me your storyline. Get let's start with what you want to talk about here—an intriguing storyline on this year's draft.
0: Well, I think the I think the number one uh, for me, the number one intriguing storyline is is kind of what you're talking about, which is the difference this year without a combine in Indianapolis and and how that's going to affect things even going back to last fall and last spring where scouts weren't able to get out on the road and see all these uh, prospects and talk to the coaches and everything and get all this information on uh, uh, typically those would be on seniors, but they're way, they were way behind the curve as far as juniors are concerned. A lot of times when you're out on the road, you can see the up and coming guys and guys that might turn pro. And then we even, had in many parts of the country a, uh, a college season that was uh, limited uh, with the number of games played, especially in the Big Ten and the Pac-12. We didn't get any outside of bowl games, didn't get any SEC versus Big 12 versus Big Ten inter- inter-conference uh, games. And uh, so it, it's tough to even to gauge. On, I mean, here's a classic example, Zach Wilson and BYU, the schedule that they played last year. And how do you judge where Zach Wilson is as an NFL quarterback when he's got a great offensive line in front of him against far less than NFL defensive talent on the other side of the ball. Uh, And he's projected by many to be a, you know, the second pick in the draft behind Trevor Lawrence. There are some uh, including Chris Sims, who says that he's the best quarterback in this draft, but uh, that's just an example. But, and so, I think you, you see all these mock drafts and everything, and I think there are there are going to be so many surprises on draft day, maybe not in the top five to ten picks because it's pretty easy to figure out who the, the top-tier guys are. But uh, beyond that, there's going to be guys that are taken early that you're going, oh, I had a fourth-round grade on this guy. How can they possibly take this guy? And he turns out to be a great player just because of the limited access that scouts have had
1: for sure and it was kind of this way last year and there were a lot of surprises in last year's draft the differences in everybody's boards because we didn't I mean the best thing about the combine is you bring them all together and everyone is measured equally instead of different types of pro days right and um, you know you're only playing your conference opponents like you said um the differences in boards are going to be huge um and there there's going to be a ton of surprises i'm with you uh, it's going to be fun to watch i i know last year was incredible and I, I worked out for the cowboys i mean cd C- C- lamb falling to them no one had that happening but that's what you, that's what you're talking about the the difference in the boards and right and and, guys are.
0: And, and what you bring up there is uh the thing about the combine is everyone is on the same playing field as far as uh, testing goes. And it's obvious on a 40 and with the timing uh, that's done, it, it typically I think you you probably usually add, you know, someone who runs a, uh, a let's say a 4.6 at uh, the combine uh, at his pro day would probably run a 4.55, five, something like that. You know, add 0. 0. .05 to a time. Yep. Uh, uh, and so when we see, let's take the cornerbacks, so let's say Patrick Sertan ran a four, four, one, I think was the time Four-four-four-four. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. He's at the combine. He probably was more four, four, nine, four, five JC Horn from South Carolina ran a four, three, nine. He's probably more of a four or five guy. These are bigger corners put up great times, but I'm sitting here charting, uh, and keeping track in my big green notebook, all the, uh, numbers that are coming and, and I'm going, wow, the athletes in this class. And then I have to, Oh, hold on a second. These are not at the combine. These numbers are, and the other part of it is, um, you know, with so many indoor practice facilities that there's, you know, some of them are done out outdoors, whatever. and And the outdoor ones, you know, you might have a wind at your back, you know, and that sure. you you aren't factoring in. Uh, but even even on some of the other drills, uh, the whatever surface that you're running on, whether it's a shuttle or a cone drill or, uh, you know, uh, the comfort of home can can uh, can ease the strength. The other thing that that people don't think about, I think, a lot of times at the combine, but you, you talk to to players that go to the combine. And it can be taxing uh, on a, from a physical standpoint, uh, just all that they have to do at the combine before they get to actual on-the-field uh, testing. Yep. Uh, all the the meetings that they're having around the clock with, with teams, uh, the physicals that they're the physicals, going through, for sure. the medical personnel and everything, the clock that they're on, they're not getting the normal amount of sleep. It's a perfect situation for athletes at their pro day they're they're getting plenty of sleep the nutrition and everything and that can when we're factoring in a guy with a 40 vertical versus a 37 vertical or something like that that can be the difference in in someone uh not performing as well at the combine as what they do at the pro day so some of these numbers that we're getting from the pro days
1: take it with a grain of salt Yep. It's funny in previous years or most years, we don't even really count the forties or whatever at the pro day, right? Because mm-hmm. at the comp- already, it's already established in late February, uh, you know, what this guy is. Exactly. What happens at the combine, boom, that's your assigned time right there. So you can go run a four, two at your pro day. And no one says that if you didn't run it at the, at the combine. Right. And so, but this year, to your point, this is, we're taking these pro day times uh, having right. to take them as, as what's gospel uh, you
0: know and the other thing about it is there are there are players who are going to benefit from not having a combine because scouts are looking at the tape rather than uh and here's a classic example and we'll move to to your point uh on your big picture point that you're about to make tony jefferson safety out of oklahoma who's now played well, he came out in 2013. So seven or eight years in the NFL, got a second contract with Baltimore and has had a really fine NFL career. He was undrafted. He, at, back at the Combine, and he and I, I loved him as a college player because he came on campus from California at OU and was an immediate starter and a very instinctive player. I was convinced he is going to make it in the NFL and he's going to be productive. But at the Combine, he ran like a four-seven and he he tweaked a hamstring. He's not a he's not a runner to begin with. He's not, he was only gonna be a four, six, five guy. He's a safety, whatever, but he ran like a four seven five. And so when you run a four, seven, five at the combine, you are not getting drafted in this league as yeah. a safety. Okay. And, and so he had to earn his way into the league a different way. And so a guy like that who is not going to time well, but is a really good instinctive football player. He's going to benefit from not having uh, uh, been tested at the combine.
1: Yep. Yeah. Very very good point point. now. All right. Here's my um, uh, intriguing storyline. It was going to be about the dolphins, Bill Jones. I had this big write-up with stats and quotes about how I thought the dolphins were the most intriguing team in the draft. And then boom, last Friday happens and they make not one but two deals in the first round, and I was like, okay, I, we can't talk dolphins. Seventy-two <laughs> hours later, you know, they're kind of uh, played out. But so this is the this is now, in my opinion, the number one intriguing storyline, and it's the race for quarterback number four in this draft. I think there is an elite level of QBs in this draft. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson appears to be in there. Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Those are my four elite guys. Sorry, Mac Jones. uh, You're not making it in my book. Who is going to be the team that figures out a way to get one of these four guys? We We know Trevor's going one. We think Zach is going two to the Jets. Obviously, we know the Niners are going quarterback. We just don't know whether it's Trey or it's probably – or Fields. I don't really know. But who is going to move up to number four? Or, I mean, I would think they're moving up to number four. I don't think anyone has the patience now to wait to 8, 9, 10 and hope one of these quarterbacks drop down to them. Um, but I think this is going to be the most intriguing storyline. Who ends up with QB number four? I like – Justin Fields and from what I've seen it looks like the Niners might be leaning towards Trey Lance who really knows you know we don't know for sure but I think whoever gets up to get QB number four and I, that could be Justin Fields I think Bill Jones that team is going to win the draft whoever ends up with Justin Fields is going to win the draft what do you think about that I'm not surprised that you would say that,
0: being an Ohio State guy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, I, I can see,
1: I think you can make a good case for it. Now, you were a big Tua guy last year with the Dolphins. Right? You're right. I love Tua, and I still I still like Tua. I don't love him as much as I did, but I still like him, and I, I think the Dolphins are making a good move to give him another year. But let's focus on which team's going to get up and get fields or lands, we think. So Here, let me run these off to you. Uh, Currently, the Falcons have number four. Carolina at eight. Denver is at nine. New England at 15. Washington at 19. And Chicago at 20. I don't think we can count them out. Right. Which one of those teams, they seem like the most likely teams to move up and try to get these last of the elite quarterbacks, because we know, we know these teams are not going to be real contenders without without new QBs. And I think it's interesting that a lot of the head coaches with these teams and or GMs are on the hot seat. Like if they don't win this year, they're gone. So they're, I think they're they're willing to move draft picks next year and the previous in the following years to get up and get one of these guys and try to turn around their franchise. Well. There's a new
0: coach in Atlanta who's presumably not on the hot seat, who has that fourth pick. And there is a relatively new coach going into his second year at Carolina, Matt Rule, who has a long-term contract. It's a rebuild there. So he's not on the hot seat, but they need to get their quarterback. And the other part of this that you haven't mentioned is, where does Deshaun Watson factor into this?
1: There you go. Uh, That's how I was going to actually end my point is – who ends up with these QBs, then that opens up what happens to Sam Darnold, what happens to Jimmy Garoppolo, what happens to Deshaun Watson like you mentioned, is Russell Wilson still available? Um mm-hmm. and all these quarterback carousel, I mean I don't I don't recall it being this crazy in one offseason as as it's been this year. I mean it's going to be it's going to be great. Well, and when we're looking at the likelihood
0: of now that it's, it appears for sure that three quarterbacks are going in the first three picks. And I would say that most people would say it it looks like four quarterbacks are going in the first four picks yep. uh, the way it looks right now. And that's why that number four pick is so tasty for Atlanta to have that. And so the way Atlanta evaluates the quarterbacks is the key here. And if they think that, um, if they think that this is a four quarterback draft okay then why would they you would have to you're going to have to knock their socks off anyway uh for that pick i'm sure uh because it's perceived that it's a four quarterback draft and so they know that they can hold out for uh for
1: maximum uh value at that yep. pick and, and and you you make the point i think they're going to get Uh, some great packages to move out of that. And even for, for their point, if it's Carolina at eight or Denver at nine, you know, you're still getting an elite player at one of those spots. Plus you could be adding one first rounder, maybe two first rounders, a first and a second round on top of that. And um, you know, I think that that's the compelling storyline here, Bill Jones. Let me, let me give you the first ever official win stat which is kind of a cool fact. It's a cool fact or research, something that I looked up um, that I hope everyone enjoys. Here is my win stat on why all these teams are loving rookie QBs recently. And it's because the transition has never been easier for these guys to make it into the league. So I went back and looked up the best rookie seasons by QBs in NFL history. And not surprisingly, most of them were in the last 10 years. So I ranked it by passer rating, which I I like passer rating. I think it's valuable. Eight of the top 10 highest rated passer rating seasons have happened in the last 10 years. So out of the top 10 seasons by rookie QBs ever, eight of them, have happened in the last 10 years. Do you want me to give you the names? Yes. Dak Prescott, number one. Russell, I'm sorry, Russell Wilson is number three. I've got RG3 is in there. (laughs) Justin Herbert last year, obviously he was a monster in his rookie year. Baker Mayfield, Marcus Mariota, Gardner Minshew, and Joe Burrow. According to passer rating, all of those guys have had one of the top 10 Best seasons by a rookie QB in NFL history. Now, not a ton of team success in there quite yet, but individually, those guys are playing well, and most of their teams are happy with those picks. So, there's my win stat. I hope you that aware. is
0: very interesting. Thank you. Very both. interesting indeed. And you know what? In preparing for this draft, I've uh, I dug into my archives here in my office, and I've been reading. Great Quarterbacks of the NFL, which is a book that was given to me when I was, uh, I believe I was in fifth or sixth grade, and I'm thinking I might need an addition to this book, Great Quarterbacks of the NFL by Dave Anderson, Johnny Unitas, Sammy Boss, Sid Luckman, Y.A. Tittle, Bart Starr, Otto Graham, Norm Van Brocklin, Charlie Johnson, Fran Tarkinson, and Frank Ryan. I just looked it up. It was written in 1963.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, is that
0: Johnny U on the on the cover there? That is Johnny U on the cover. That's right. And so I just saw it over here, and you know what? I think I need the new and improved version that maybe has Justin Herbert on the cover. What do you That's think? That's right.
1: He's the new. guy. <laughs> he, he deserves his own cover. And it, it is from the.
0: Figure. It is from the uh, prestigious punt pass and kick library uh, that was published by random house in 1963 i've got a whole library if you'd like i could yeah i could send them to you and you can take a look at them it'll help you in your preparation for the draft it's some of the keys to becoming a great quarterback at the nfl
1: i need to polish up my ya tittle knowledge so sure is that that's <laughs> send it my way i'll give you my address all right so do you have another point you want to make on this edition of Jonesing for football? You know what? Let's wrap this thing up, Bill Jones. We'll save my next point for another edition of Jonesing for football. When and that's
0: you- why, that's why I think it's a pretty good time to wrap it up because we're teasing our next edition, which will be out later this week. And what is that as it as it relates to the big green NFL draft scouting notebook. How about, I'd love to talk about this.
1: These new QBs, Bill Jones. That's right. So I want to hear your top three quarterbacks in this draft. I, I think I think Trevor is going to be number one. I think I'm not sure. You kind of do know, things. I'm a big Chris Sims do fan. Things. And Chris Sims doesn't go that way. I know you do things a little differently than everybody else. But I can't wait to hear your list. So that's what we're going to have for you. On the next edition of Jonesing for
0: Football. In fact, I've I've, got—I've such a fan of Chris Sims. I've got a picture of him on my wall here in the in the Boomer Sooner room. Is Roy Williams (laughs) in that picture somewhere? Roy, Roy Williams, Superman is also in that picture. Oh, what a wonderful day that was in my life! All right, that does it for this edition of Jonesing for Football. We will chat at you again next
1: week, and this is available anywhere that you can find a podcast, right, Cody? You know it, you name it, including Alexa. Just say, Alexa, play Jonesing for football podcast. And guess what? She gets it done. And I'm going to
0: post it on YouTube and on uh, the CBSDFW.com as well. And we're going to get some action here leading up to the draft. We're going to do a bunch of these leading up to the draft, which is one month away. We'll see you next time on Jonesing for football.